This is CrimeFiction.fm, where we bring you today's hottest mysteries, thrillers, and suspense novels. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and I'm here today with one of my favorite people in the writing business, Shannon Baker. She's the author of Tattered Legacy, the third book in the wonderful Nora Abbott series. And Shannon is also the 2014 Rocky Mountain Fiction Writers Writer of the Year. Shannon, welcome. Hi, Stephen. How are you doing? I am terrific. How are you? I'm great, although I'm up here in Nebraska on a cloudy, drizzly, awful day, and I imagine you're down in Florida in sunshine. It is sunny, and I'm going for a walk in my shorts and T-shirt as soon as we're finished. Oh, and that's it's, a, it's about 82 <laughs> degrees. But I prefer to picture you in the settings that you write, where you write. Um, the, the, the first book of yours I read took place in Colorado, and I read it while I was on a ski trip, and it was so much fun. So this, this book, your, your new book, Tattered Legacy, it takes place uh, around the red rocks of Moab. You know, I, I really, really love to be outdoors, and I love all these great scene settings. And so I, was, I set all of the Nora Abbott books in really super great settings. The first one is in Flagstaff. In the um, on the San Francisco peaks, and then the second one, as you, as you mentioned, Broken Trust is in Boulder, Colorado, which is I always call that my heart home. Mm-hmm. And this third book is in Moab, and Moab, um, if you haven't been there, is so gorgeous. It's just this iconic landscapes that um, you know, big red rocks and spires, and you know, lots of petroglyphs, and um, just amazing, amazing landscapes, and the 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 landscape just smells so great. I set this story in spring and spring, I, I was out there in the spring and, you know, the flowers and the sage and everything just smelled so great. Well, before we get into the book, and I, I want to start out by talking about Nora to give listeners a, a feel for who Nora is and, and why these are such fun books. But you're a total outdoors woman. You're, you are out in this environment as often as you can possibly be, Right. I am. I, I I grew up, spent 20 years in the Nebraska Sandhills, and I was kind of stunted as far as all these great adventure things that go on. I, you know, I would, I used to, I had a mountain bike that had real thick tires, and I would go out riding my bike in the, in the sand of the Sandhills and out in the cattle, and, and, you know, people would stop and just look at me like I was just <laughs> crazy. So when I, Finally escaped from the Sandhills. I I went over to Boulder, and I got to I got to start backpacking and cross country skiing, and now we kayak and I I road ride my bike. I gave up mountain biking because you know I could break bones, and I'm not into that. But, <laughs> you can get yeah. hurt pretty bad road biking too. <laughs> I don't go that fast anymore. Okay, all right. So you only go up. You don't go down. Yeah, you know I'm scared to death to go down. I know that sounds terrible, but it, every every spring when I start riding again, I have to build up to being able to go, you know, thirty or forty miles an hour. I know that every I I love watching the Tour de France, and watching those cyclists racing down the mountain is I don't know it's terrifying to me because I'm. I just know what would happen if I were on the bike. And rarely do bad things happen when they're going down, but when they do, it's it's really nasty. Well, let's enough about that. Enough about bike riding. Let's talk about Nora. Tell us about Nora Abbott. How you how you came up with Nora, and uh, then we'll get into the in, into the book. Well, um, when I moved to Flagstaff, there was this big controversy about man-made snow on the peaks, and so I wanted to do a story about that 
because it was just so fascinating. Um, and I, I, I wondered who would be the most affected by something like this. And I thought, oh, it would be the owner of the ski resort. And then I thought, you know, to make her more conflicted, I made her an environmentalist. So she has all these things going on. So Nora's arc through the course of the books has has kind of mirrored an my arc in my life. So in the first book, she's, she's pretty insecure and kind of, you know, frightened and, and, you know, just full of bluster because she doesn't want the world to know just how messed up she is. But, you know, by the end of the book, she's pretty able to handle things that are going on around her and and really able to take charge. And it's not all just, um, you know, for show, she can really do it herself. And you're talking about Tainted Mountain for the first book, and then by the second book, Broken Trust, she's really coming into her own. Right. In in Broken Trust, she's trying to to put all the pieces together and knowing that she's got she's got to pull it together. <laughs> now she also has a mother that's just absolutely I don't unique. <laughs> and I, you know, I love I love the mother in this series, and it's it's always a treat when her name pops up on the page. Abigail is is really fashioned after a a real person. She's uh, my best friend's mother. And some of the dialogue is actually lifted from real life. Really? Yeah. Of course, my best friend's mother doesn't recognize herself in there. So that's really, that's fine. (laughs) That's a blessing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So now we're, we're up to Tattered Legacy. Tell us the story behind Tattered Legacy. Um. I had just, so when I was in Flagstaff, I got a job working at the Grand Canyon Trust, which is an environmental trust. Um, I'm, I myself, am not an environmentalist. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go out and blow up the Grand Canyon Dam, but I do, you know, I'm, I'm sensitive to the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would, had just finished working at the Grand Canyon Trust and I was on my way up to move back to Boulder to work for a medical device startup. And I stopped to see my friend in Moab who was working for the trust at the time. And she's, uh, Laura has this personality that's kind of like a, a turtle on quaaludes. I mean, she's so <laughs> calm, just, you know, very at peace with the world and, you know, things just kind of flow over her. She's so, so calm. And, but she wasn't, when I was talking to her, she was so excited about this, this project she was doing, which was um, producing a film to convince uh, Congress and the president and the American people that the boundaries of Canyonlands National Park need to be expanded. So it's a very big, big thing. Um, and the controversy is still raging. And, and um, so when she was telling me about it, we were ta- sitting at an outdoor cafe and I said, I just stopped her. I said, wait a minute, Laura, who would kill you to make this, mm-hmm. you know, to stop this film? And she didn't even bat an eye. She just stopped and looked at me and said, well... <laughs> And so we had a good time brainstorming about murder. Oh, what a great way to come up with a concept for a book. And and the book turned out to be absolutely nothing like our conversation that day. But it was it was a perfect jumping off point. And um I think Laura's happy with the book. She's she's not the character that of Lisa that turned out in the book. She's nothing like Lisa. Mm-hmm. But I think she's happy with, with the way it turned out. It was a surprise to her. Tell us a little bit about Nora Abbott's background, because that's a, a continuing theme that runs through all the books. Share some of that with us. Oh, so the, the books, when I wrote the first book, um, all the books have, have a thread of Hopi that run, runs through them all. And when I wrote the first book, I thought it was a standalone book. 
Mm-hmm. And and I sold it that way. And and the editor said to me when she, we were negotiating the contract, she said, "Is this a standalone or is this a series?" <laughs> and you know, my my mom raised some fools, and I can be foolish, but at that moment, I wasn't. I said, "Yes, it's a series." <laughs> a fourteen and, book series. <laughs> yeah. So so then I had to figure it out. How was I going to make it a series? I would have changed some things had I known that, but. And the, and the publisher wanted to continue the thread of Hopi. Mm-hmm. So in the second book, I had to figure out why Nora would be so involved with the Hopi. And so I I figured that out. So now she's, she's really involved with the Hopi. And, and in the third book, the mystery even goes a little bit deeper. Just, just how involved is she? And is she really, you know, part of this tribe or is, is she just... Um, spiritually connected to them. There's also an interesting, at least interesting for me, there's an interesting business thread that tends to run through all of the books. And I know that in in your background, you have an MBA, you're in business. Is this something that's just of interest to you to pursue? Or or, are you interested in businesses like this? And that's why you weave them into the books? You know, they always say, write what you know. Uh, (laughs) And so, you know, I I am now a stay-at-home writer, so I don't have to do that anymore. (laughs) All right. So so we don't have a a book about uh, medical devices to look forward to. (laughs) Sadly, no. (laughs) As exciting as that would be. Yes, I can just imagine somehow or other tying that in with uh, conservation and finding a great setting for it. I could do that. I really could. (laughs) So I was working at the Grand Canyon Trust, which is – and a nonprofit is is really interesting. There's just so many – there is – an element of corruption, you know, because you're working with other people's money, mm-hmm. basically. And so there's always that little, are you really using it for, for good or are you using it for self-aggrandizement? And not that the Grand Canyon Trust is a hotbed of, of corruption, but, you know, the potential is always there in nonprofits. So um, so I really wanted to move Nora into the nonprofit arena. And I can think of a ton of plot lines that can go along with that. So you're a stay-at-home author now. When did this change, and how has that changed things for you? Oh, it's made a big change. It, it changed because, remember, I told you I moved up to Boulder to do a startup medical device right. company? It, it didn't start up. <laughs> <laughs> a tip over. Yeah, a tip over. <laughs> so, um, so the CEO is still limping along on that, and hopefully he'll get that going. But they're, mm-hmm. you know, it, it couldn't sustain too two people. So I became a stay-at-home writer because it seemed like just the thing to do. So we moved to Nebraska where the cost of living is quite a bit lower than Boulder. Mm -hmm. And in two months, I'm going to be moving down to Tucson because my husband's going to be a stay-at-home doing whatever he does. (laughs) So (laughs) he retires from his day job. How fun. Yeah. That's going to be interesting because the whole, I, I have this problem because my wife and I are at home and when I try and have a little quiet concentration time, sometimes it's a challenge because people feel like if you're just sitting there tapping away at a computer, you're not really doing anything. You know, actually, my husband really does get it. Okay, and, good. And he'll leave me alone. You know, in, in fact, he'll he'll kind of tiptoe around me. We're we're living in a really small house now, so I'm I write basically in the middle of the house, mm-hmm. and and he does he totally leaves me alone, and he won't. You know, he'll wait till I come up. For air, and then he'll say, "Hey, I need to talk to you about this or that." So, I'm really lucky that way. 
Well, before we came on the air, you hinted at some exciting news that you had, but you wouldn't tell me what it is. So can you tell our listeners and I'll listen in while you're telling them? I am very excited to announce that I just signed a two-book deal with Forge for oh, a wow. new series. Yeah. Wow, that is fabulous. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. It, it's a new mystery series, and it's a, a young, it's a contemporary Western, um, a young female sheriff in the Nebraska Sandhills. How cool is that? Yeah, you know, pretty pretty darn cool. I should get something good out of living in Nebraska. So people now need to follow you not only for the Nora series, which is wonderful, and I really enjoy it. I'd, I'd forgotten how much I enjoyed your writing until I started reading it the other day. Well, thank and, you. Um, it, it just your sense of the outdoors and, and your ability to write settings in these fabulous places just makes me wish I was there, and sometimes <laughs> makes me feel like I am there, which is, I guess, what you're trying to do. Well, see, now you'll now you'll want to plan a trip to the Nebraska. Center. I can't even imagine. You know, when you say <laughs> when you say that, I don't know what they are, and I can't imagine wanting to be there. So tell, <laughs> tell me why I should want to go to the Nebraska Sandhills. <laughs> you know, it's an acquired taste. It's like um, it's like if you have two children. You know, and I, I I think of it this way. In Boulder, Boulder is so easy to love. I mean, what's not to love? It's gorgeous in the Rocky Mountains and the beautiful weather, but the Sandhills is an acquired taste and you really have to work at it. And once you work at it, you love it a lot. So, you know, it's like that problem child that you just work at so hard. And because you put so much into it, you turn you you learn to love it. What comes first for you? Is it the idea for the story or the setting where you want to place a story? You said you were in Moab having lunch with your friend. Did you already know you wanted this to be set in Moab or how did it all come together? What what what's your process for this? I usually, with with Tainted Mountain and with um, Tattered Legacy, both both were situations, and the situations were in a particular setting. Um, with Broken Trust, which is the middle book, I wanted I wanted to be in Boulder. I was moving back to Boulder. I wanted to be in Boulder. Um, so that was that. The setting came first, and then I found a, a plot that would go with it. So with this this la- this next series that I'm working on, it's obviously the the setting was the the main thrust. The best way, since we're talking about one series and you're talking about another series, the best way for people to keep up with this and to keep up with you <laughs> is what? Through your website, through social media? What's the best way for people who listen to you are, and are engaged by your ideas? Um, what's the best way for us to follow you? Um, you can get hold of me through my website and follow me on my website. I, I have been making a concerted effort to keep it up to date uh, <laughs> the last month or two. <laughs> I'm on Facebook, but I don't have a an open page on Facebook, which I probably need to to do. You know, get an author page. But yeah, my my website, which is shannon baker dot com. Shannon baker dot com. Mm-hmm. Okay, we will link to that in the show notes. You do have an email list. Um, do you send out emails very often? Because I signed up and there was basically the thank you page says, hey, I don't send things out very often, but every so often I do. <laughs> and that's about right. That's I'm you. Actually, you know, it, it, this comes from you, Stephen. It comes from one of your posts, and I can't remember which one it was, your author biz uh-huh. posts, where your guest was saying over and over again, you absolutely have to start your email list and build up an email list, and you have to use it and send out 
emails. So this is this is brand new for me. It's like three months old that I've been collecting email addresses, and I've so far sent out two emails. <laughs> <laughs> is one of them the confirmation email? Click here to confirm that you want to be on the list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So for people who are listening to this show who might not know what Shannon's talking about, I also host a podcast that's directed to authors called The Author Biz. This podcast is directed at you readers. But if you're interested in the business of being an author, check out The Author Biz as well. That's at theauthorbiz.com. Thank you for uh, promoting my other show. Oh, it's a terrific, terrific show. What's the coolest thing about being an author? (laughs) <laughs> I get to sleep late in the morning. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> you know, I haven't found anything cool yet. It's all just a just a big pile of, of angst and, and insecurity. <laughs> I do love it. You know, I the best thing about being an author is getting to hang out with other authors because writers are just the coolest, neatest people. They're all so witty and funny and bright. And yeah, I like other writers. I will completely agree with you there. One of the most fun things about being in this business is going to writers conferences and doing things. Did oh, you I... did you just go to a, a, a crime thing? I, I can't remember the name left, of it. Left house crime. Well, no, not the conference. Um, were you going to uh, the oh, thing up I'm in gonna... Minnesota? Yeah, no, I'm going to go in August. Okay. The Writers Police Academy. Okay, oh. tell us about that because that sounds super cool, and I wish I was going. This is, um, it's three or four days, and it's at the police academy up in uh, Appleton, Wisconsin, or somewhere up there. And um, it's totally geared to writers to help us write the whole crime scene um, correctly. So we're going to do blood splatter and high-speed chases, and we get to play with guns and and burst into burning buildings and do a crime scene investigation. Oh, I, I just can't wait. I'm, it's going to totally make me better because my new character is a sheriff, so I have, oh, okay. I'm going to have right. to learn how to do that. Yeah. All right. So people need to go to your website, which is Shannon-Baker.com. Sign up for your email list to make me look good for for encouraging you to, to set up that uh, <laughs> right. email list and to find out about the new series and everything that Shannon's doing. Shannon, I can't thank you enough for being on with us today. It's been a blast. Oh, thanks so much, Stephen. It is so much fun to, to, inter- to talk with you. Thank you. This is Stephen Campbell for CrimeFiction.fm, and that is .fm, not .com. You can find us on iTunes and on the web at www.crimefiction.fm. If you like what we're doing here, please leave a rating or a review for the show at iTunes. It really makes a difference in discoverability for the show, and it'll help other crime fiction readers to find us. Thanks for your time, and we'll talk to you again soon.